sometimes people might apply with what feels more like a premise, like there's this thing that's interesting out there. And that is, is harder for us to get behind because we think, well, that's, that's an interesting thing, but what's the, what's the story? Hey, Jenny, here we are at home still. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. <laughs> you know, knock on wood, hopefully not. But while we are all staying in place for a very long time, it seems, uh, it's it's a time for, you know, ideation and considering new projects. And uh, the biggest issue as one develops new projects is how to get those projects funded, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I do feel like that's like one of the biggest question marks when you're coming up with ideas is like, how do I even find initial money for this idea that yep. doesn't even have any footage to go along with it, any proof of concept? Mm-hmm. And Catapult Film Fund for the last decade has been helping filmmakers through this initial stage of development. They're a grant funder based in San Francisco, and they specifically give grants to feature-length documentaries in the early stage of development. So that would be before you even have a rough cut, when you just have an idea, maybe you even have, haven't even started shooting yet, but you know it's a great idea and you mm-hmm. know how you want to execute it. They funded the documentary Wiener. They funded Crip Camp, which is on mm-hmm. Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of smaller ones too, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of smaller yeah. ones. So they give some initial funding and then they also provide mentorship through the production process and even through finding distribution. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems within the grant world, which is so obtuse to, you know, even folks who have gotten grants before, the ability to get funding for a project even before you have that proof of concept, you know, solid thing is a bit more of a rarity. And so, you know, what what an important place that Catapult has in in our industry today. So it's great, you know, 10 years after their founding, um, we get to talk to them and and dive into what what they're all about and what they're looking for now. I think that's the essential question that everybody wants to know is what are they looking for in an application? So Mm -hmm. we, that absolutely like, you know, was a huge part of our conversation, but we also talked about the mentorship that they provide and so important. Yeah. And just the importance of having a support network in general. And we also just talk about like what kind of ideas on a basic level are good for film, Mm -hmm. what kind of ideas are cinematic and what kind of stories are probably better fit for like a newspaper or something else. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's like basic things that you may not even think about when you're developing your film. Right. Or especially as like a first, second time filmmaker or someone who perhaps works in like multimedia or it's someone who doesn't just work in film making that distinction. Video has to be cinematic. Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. And is there anything else that we should know about? Like, do they accept applications on a rolling basis or anything upcoming for the fall? Yeah. So they're constantly accepting applications and they approve them and give grants on a rolling basis. So this episode, no matter when you listen to it, will be relevant. Like all of our episodes. Like all of our episodes. (laughs) Um, Fantastic. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. So let's get into it. Here we go. If we could just start by you guys just going around and and introducing yourselves, your names and and what you do at Catapult. Lisa Chanoff and uh, co-founder, Catapult Film Fund. Uh, I'm Bonnie Cohen. 
co-founder. I'm Megan Gelstein. I'm senior program director. And I guess I'll just go into the question that everybody wants to know immediately, which is some insight into your selection process. Like what are you really looking for and, and how many entries, how many applications do you get? So we get, uh, we get eight to 900 applications, uh, in a year and, um, we'll see how this year goes, but, uh, but that's how, that's how many we get. And we're, we receive applications on a rolling basis. So they're always coming in and we're always reviewing. Um, and you know, we're, we are, uh, looking, you know, of course the films are very early on in their stage when we, when we receive them. So sometimes there's footage, often there's not really footage for the project yet. So, you know, we're looking for a number of things, um, looking for, um, you know, a, a great story or great characters. Uh, we're looking for access, um, definitely should be access secure, but also sometimes there can be some special access or unusual access. Um, we're most often looking for a, a narrative, but you know, not every single time. And we're certainly open to um, some more experimental and not narrative-driven um, stories. But we're really not looking necessarily for essays or sort of exploration of, of topics. But we're looking more for stories with that are character-driven. Um, and uh, we look to see that you know why this filmmaker, why is this the filmmaker to tell the story? Uh, and uh, and we're looking for interesting storytelling, some creative vision, like why should why is this a story that should be a film? What's cinematic about this story? Granted, they're early on, so that the filmmakers may not ha definitely won't have all those answers, but we want to hear what their vision is, what they're what they're thinking. Can you explain what you mean exactly by cinematic? Like, how would you explain how an idea could be particularly cinematic? Um, I'll start that off and then I'll let my, my colleagues continue. I mean, one of the things that we we think, okay, why is, you know, this is a story. Um, some, sometimes it might say, this is really interesting, but it feels, why is this a film? Why it felt, it feels like an article, you know, what, what is it about that's this story that's visual? What are the, what are the elements where they're going to make it interesting to see on a screen? So those can either be, there can be like, there's put, you know, vis uh, a landscape that's particularly visual. There's something that's, um, or something about what the storyteller, the filmmaker is doing creatively with the with the cinematic with the medium. That's that's says, oh yeah, this is a this is a great film as opposed to another kind of way to tell the story. It's not just that they're going to do it; it's that they have the ability to actually describe to us half a world away what the intention is, and then sort of bring through la the language and the application, because as Lisa was saying, you know, there's, it's rare that someone has a, it's not rare, but it's probably 50-50, but often people don't have examples of what their intentions are in terms of actual video or film material. Um, so the artistic expression of the individual directors comes through in the, for us, it has to really come through in the language early on in the application. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to mention, like, you know, if somebody doesn't have a rough cut to show or even like a teaser or anything to show, like, I'm sure just the way that you're articulating your vision is that much more important in these applications. Yeah, and often the film, um, often when somebody does their catapult application, it's the first proposal they've done. It's the first time they've 
put on paper um, what they have in mind. So it's, uh, again, not always, but oftentimes we're the first application. So it's that opportunity to, to hone in. Hmm. Yeah. And you guys are unique in that, you know, you are providing funds at a very early stage in the process. And like you said, this is probably someone's first grant application. So if somebody doesn't have, you know, anything to show, how do you get a sense for a film's potential this early on? What advice would you have for people who are applying to really show that their film has potential? How do you get a sense for that? So that that is a difficult question. And I think that the filmmaker should look to themselves and say, why is it that I want to tell this story in film? Because there's got to be something that's drawing them to make the decision to make an independent documentary. For example, one of the films that we're very proud to support is a film called Crip Camp. It's a very special project in the world and to catapult. And that project came to us um, for the first source of support. And what they had, what they knew was guiding them to make a film was all that archival material. And so that was really all that they had to show us. But that was the thing that was motivating them to make an independent film. So every filmmaker that's wanting to make a film, there's something there that's telling you this story I need to be told in film. And that's the thing that you want to have communicated in your application. I would say too, you know, we can tell a lot about an artistic intention from prior work. In fact, we put a lot of value on prior work, um, particularly if that prior work has some bearing on what the filmmaker wants to do with the project that they've applied with. Yeah, and part of that process for us also is, um, and recommend what we recommend to filmmakers is you may not have uh, anything edited, but maybe your film is really about one, has a main character. If you have any footage of that character that you can send, even if it's just some research footage, it's really helpful because we can see what they're like. Um, and sometimes, you know, I've, I've Googled somebody, if it's somebody who might be, you know, sort of well-known just to see what they're like on screen. So it's really, it's so you sort of, if you if it's the, like Megan was saying, if it's the character, like it's got a special character, you could show us that if you have it. Or let's say it's a landscape that's just so unique. If you have a little taste of that, not something edited, not a, not a trailer, but that can be very helpful. If you are, you know, in the early stages of a film where you have access, but like it's sort of a verite film and, and you don't really know where the story is going to go. How do you respond to those kind of applications and, and how can someone who is applying articulate their vision and convince a film funder that this story is in fact going somewhere? Yeah, what one of the things, um, and you, you know, most of the films, when they come to us, they don't know what's going to be happening um, in the future. And so, you know, for example, there might be, well, we want to follow this character for a year, as an example. Well, we, we you won't know, obviously, what's going to happen over the course of a year, but we figure there's a reason why you think following this character for a year is going to be interesting. Why is that? What's happening in this person's world? What's why is why is that you know so um you know of course in in Wienery was following the his campaign and of course things happened though unexpected but it's but you know 
that was enough to think that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and yes, yeah, sometimes things, a lot can happen. And and we, we totally get that. And so a lot can happen over the course of the year. Things, stories change, trajectories change, all sorts of things go. But, um, but we want to know what's the, uh, why is um, following this story going to be interesting? Sometimes people might apply with what feels more like a premise, like there's this thing that's interesting out there. And that is, is harder for us to get behind because we think, well, that's, that's an interesting thing, but what's the, what's the story? Um, and even if it, even if there's not like huge dramatic events, we still want to have a sense of, you know, how are you, how is this going to be unfolding on the screen? Mm. I, I can give another example. That's, um, kind of a, a testament to like, you know, you start with an idea and you're convinced that something's going to happen, but that creative process, it can be long. Um, in the first year of Catapult um, grants, uh, a filmmaker named Jackie Olive came to Cat Catapult with an idea that she was really interested in these reenactments of lynchings. And she knew that there was something very complicated and interesting and curious and she wanted to explore what was happening there and she stayed with that subject matter for a decade until she finally premiered a film that was at Sundance last year called Always in Season but you know you can come to Catapult with an idea that you know is interesting without knowing exactly where it's going to go um, because I think that's just a natural part of good storytelling is you know being comfortable to go with something that you're interested in and figure out what that story finally is. Can you talk about the um, mentorship that Catapult provides once you actually get the grant? Mentorship at Catapult is sort of a, it's, it's what you want it to be. It's really like, you know, walking into Willy Wonka's factory and you can have a chocolate bar or you can have like every pluck everything off the tree. All to say there are filmmakers that really need and or want to take advantage of everything that we have to offer and those that really just um, expect the grant and some support along the way, maybe some introductions to other funders and distributors and that's it, you know. So we, we could do anything, with, we do anything and we tell filmmakers this, you know, we're here for you and we will you know, ebb and flow with what your needs are. And that could be everything from watching every single cut you want to put in front of us and we can give you notes to um, offering up writing consultants and or produ producing consultants that could help with your process um, to putting in touch with other funders. You know, we, we talk a lot with the other funding organizations and some individual funders in the field um, about the projects that we're involved with. So we do that. Um, we might introduce them to a sales agent or help them conceive of what their distribution plan might look like from festival on out into selling. Um, so it really is an a la carte menu of opportunity. Um, and, you know, and we've we've seen we've we've gotten very involved in some films and and come on in some cases, very few cases as executive producers, if that felt correct for the film and organic to their process um, or we just give the grant and that's that's sort of the last we hear of them so it's really it can play lots of we can play lots of different roles 
what kind of assistance do you find that people need the most? What, what do they need the most help with? I, I think, you know, the mentorship at Catapult is really, you know, bespoke and tailored to each individual project. And I think it's really hard to give one universal thing because we come in so early and usually these films are, you know, two to five years in the making and their needs are going to ebb and flow through that process. Sticking with them through that process, though, like rather than any like one individual thing, just knowing that we're out there and they can like pick up the phone, call Megan or whomever, and and there will be somebody that's listening on the other end and have something to say. I mean, that's truly, uh, you know, across choose a choose a part of filmmaking that 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 um, level of just being there for them. I think with I don't know. What do you guys? feel it feels like that's what we hear back in the future. yeah I think that's true I think um, you know we just are celebrating our 10-year anniversary and um, we made a like a little video we had six films premiere at Sundance this year and we were very happy we made this little video and one of the things that all the filmmakers said was being able to call Catapult kind of at any time and knowing the Catapult was in their corner and going to advise on whatever that issue was um, in the way that best supported that filmmaker and that filmmaker's vision um, was, you know, sort of universally mm. said. What are they usually calling, asking about? Like, what is one question that you feel like you, you keep getting over and over? Like, are people confused about distribution, about sales? Like, do I get a publicist? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. yes. So here's an example. <laughs> Can I throw out another example? Yeah. So we were very excited. One of the films that Catapult had supported that we were actually in association on called Midnight Family was um, shortlisted for an Academy Award. And they yeah, we called- had Luke, We had Luke on the podcast. It's such oh, a yeah. fabulous film. It's yeah. so beautiful. We love it. Yeah. So he called, he was, he was nominated. And then he was like, what do we do now? No, not shortlisted. Shortlisted, excuse shortlisted. me, sorry. Um, Still such an honor. It's such an honor. And, um, you know, kind of at any moment, whenever anything was coming up, we were able to kind of interject some support. I mean, especially Bonnie was able to be very helpful as, you know, she was able to kind of guide that process being part of the Academy and kind of knowing that territory. But it was one of the nice things about Catapult is you can call at any moment with any issue and we'll do our best to be helpful. One And one thing I wanted to say is also that um, we also, I think fundraising also comes up quite a bit. Like what, what do we do next and where should we go? And it's such, since it's such a constant process um, throughout the making of the film. So we do, um, you know, advise and try to think up best ways to go forward. And is what you, is the material, are the materials you have, are they doing their best work and et cetera. And we do offer a momentum grant um, and that, of, um, as opposed to the development grant that we initially offer that, which has to really be at that early stage, the second grant um, for, for our grant for um, development grantees could be at any stage. And so that's another time where we really want to come in, like when, when can we be most helpful with this second grant? Is, you know, when is this sort of crucial funding moment where, um, where this infusion of uh, $15,000 to $20,000 is going to merely make a difference um, for you sort of getting over a hump, um, getting to the next place you need to be. 
I would say too, you know, if, if, if a filmmaker has been a very common scenario would be a filmmaker's editing all year and they're moving them in their minds and their psychology, they're moving towards the Sundance deadline. And um, we can talk a little bit about our rough cut retreat uh, later on, but um, they're moving towards the Sundance deadline and they submit and we, you know, they, they don't get into Sundance. And there's this sense that somehow there isn't a world for their film outside of Sundance because their psychology has been just on this, you know, train ride cascading towards this moment. And so we do spend a lot of time, um, have helped guide some uh, filmmakers to make really, you know, to, to come up with some wonderful distribution plans for their films that have been extremely successful specifically for the film that they're making. Um, so we do a lot of perspective shifting mm. um, that there isn't just one way to make a film and there's also not one way to distribute mm. a film or see a film or exhibit a film. And just calling back to Luke, I remember him telling me that he was initially rejected from Sundance. And yeah. He re-edited, he reapplied yeah. the following year. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was uh, actually that's an amazing story and a testament to a great creative producer on your side who really lets you know that it's okay to open the film back up. That's a perfect example. Like when you're so set in on what you turned into Sundance, mm -hmm. you can't see outside of it. And that's a great example of someone who, you know, was able to, with the help of Kellen, open up his film again and make something that was really what the film was meant to be. Yeah. And that's a tough thing to do. Like once you feel like totally the story to go back and shoot more, it's like, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I want to talk about the state of grant funding amid the coronavirus. Is that affecting your selection process at all? Just knowing that people aren't going to be probably not going to be able, be able to go out and shoot, you know, are things kind of on hold for you guys? How is it affecting you generally? Um, well, you know, we definitely have spent quite a bit of time thinking about how to look at applications in this moment and knowing that there's, um, you know, that we want to be extremely flexible um, in terms of what people either, if they, were, they applied before, you know, in January or early February, you know, be very flexible in terms of what they said they can do and what they can, can do at this moment. Um, and just sort of figure out how, because we want to keep supporting new projects. We want to keep doing what we what we do. Um, and so, you know, whereas uh, a catapult grant might at this moment not go towards shooting footage, but it might be go might be more towards the writing or the the conceiving. You know, we just want to be really be flexible and uh, but want to continue supporting new projects um, and really want to let people know that we are, no, they should, they should apply. Um, we are reviewing, we're doing our thing. And, um, uh, and just with the, obviously with the understanding of what's uh, possible at this moment. Yeah. Well, tell me about your rough cut retreat. Don't sue us for copyright infringement, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, sure. Um, Rough Cut Retreat is a collaboration that we do at the True False Film Festival. Um, this is going to be our fifth year. We bring together five films that are at the Rough Cut stage um, with that sort of eye towards the fall deadlines, together with five mentors who are um, 
experienced filmmakers in all the disciplines, whether you're an editor or a producer or a director. And um, in the other world, we used to gather together in the woods um, for, you know, five or four or five intensive days and do a really deep dive into their film. And the goal is, you know, you get to a rough cut and you have sort of what we were talking about with Luke, you've got really clear ideas. But sometimes it's very helpful to have someone come in and look at your film with fresh eyes and sort of offer new thinking. Um, we, you know, the way it's divided up, it's like, you, you know, there's a session for each film. But the hope is, is that the conversations are happening really organically over breakfast, over lunch, over dinner, in the breakouts, like so that as ideas start to form, filmmakers and mentors are sharing ideas about, you know, how to advance the film. And I'd make a, a fairly significant distinction between what we do at our Rough Cut Retreat versus like the Sundance Edit Lab. And that distinction is that we are really set up more as an intensive, almost think tank. You know, we're not having anyone bring their drives and their edit systems with them and make change to their films right there on on site during the retreat. This is really um, what we discussed with True the True False team and what, what seemed very important to both of our organizations is to give filmmakers a place to just literally pick up, leave, go to a new location, have these and these sessions and have an evolution of thought. You can, you can sort of shift in your mindset where you've been for the past six months and you might have a revelation in those four days that we're together, but that might sort of calm down to something much more subtle by the time you get back to your edit room or, or not, you know. Hmm. When people are coming to the rough cut retreat, what kind of state are they in creatively, mentally? Because what I hear about like a, a filmmaker's lowest moments is like when you get that initial cut and you're just like, oh, this sucks. Like this is not what I was envisioning. And that is the the time when a lot of people give up so it can be, I'm sure, very vulnerable to come to a retreat like this and show other people and talk about it. And what have you seen in the Rough Cut retreat that really gets people past that creative hurdle? Well, you know, I'd say that, um, you know, we have a, a lots of discussions after we watch the Rough Cut and people can hear what really worked. I mean, sometimes there might be issues overall, but there's going to be pieces that really, really resonate with people. And, and, and sometimes, you know, just like we're all just like human beings anywhere, something will resonate with one and not with another. Cause that's what the, that's the nature of it. But, but I think to hear that, oh yeah, that's really working for me. And this, this, you know, the fundamental pieces are really working and you, there's some, you've got the, you've got the stuff, you know, we need to make the, Move, move some stuff around, but you've got the stuff. And I think that can be very, very heartening. Um, and sometimes people might feel like it may not meet, need much work at all. And, and then you might hear, well, and then again, for some people, it might, things might be, things might not be working that they thought were really working well. Mm -hmm. So it can, it can really going to go both ways. Yeah. And also, I mean, I just will say that it's, it's um, the mentors that we choose are all very like, generous of spirit and of their time and of their wisdom and we really try to make it a very supportive environment it's it and so and the safest space possible um and so uh hopefully people you know feel 
comfortable. Mm. We had a, I think it was an editor we had on, someone on the podcast was talking about how it's so valuable to see your a cut of your film through someone else's eyes too. So much comes to the surface when you like show you what you've made to anyone. Like you start seeing different things and you start seeing the film through a stranger's eyes. And um, I'm I'm sure that's that's really powerful part as well. We can put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Do you guys have a link on your website? Yeah. Great. Yeah, we Great. will put a link to that in the show notes then. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. It was great. Thanks for having us. Rough Cut is hosted and produced by me, Jenny Butler, and Sky Dylan Robbins. Han Su helps with our audio mix, and our original music is by Zach Wright. And the podcast is part of the Video Consortium, which is a global creative network and community that unites today's nonfiction filmmakers and video journalists. You can visit videoconsortium.com, and we'd love for you to join our film family. And we love hearing from listeners. So if you'd like to send us a note, you can find us on Instagram at at roughcutpodcast, or you can send us an email podcast at videoconsortium.com. And don't forget to rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Thank you and see you soon.